Hello and welcome to The Content Show. This is episode 11. Who would have thought we'd make it? It's brilliant. We're, uh, we're almost out of lockdown in Singapore. Well, kind of. We're going to have a phased end to the lockdown. Uh, today I'm talking about influencers. And I, we've been reading lots of stories in the uh, traditional media about the death of influencers. And I, I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? I think that's wishful thinking. I think the influencer economy has got a long, long way to run. One of the problems with influencers is just the, the title. No one really wants to be influenced. But what we're really talking about is uh, people with a personal brand and an audience and an audience that they can activate. And it's, it, it's an incredibly powerful thing. And I think it's going to run a lot longer. If you look at the, just the money that influences um, the influencer economy is generating, in 2019, the influencer economy is estimated to be about $11 billion. In 2022, that's going to be $20 billion. Uh, it's an enormous leap. And so I don't think influencers are going anywhere, especially as the average amount of time spent on social media at the moment is about two and a half hours a day. And more and more people are blocking ads. The traditional media is in an awful state. Advertising is disappearing. They're just struggling to stay afloat. Whereas influencers are gaining audience at an amazing rate. So there's, there's a woman called Ariel Charnas. Now, she was the poster child of the death of influencers. She got, she's uh, in New York. She got COVID-19, tested positive, then lit out to the Hamptons to her luxury holiday home and posted pictures in a particularly insensitive way. So she got featured in a lot of the, uh, the articles about the, the death of the influencer. Um, you know how what happened to her? She lost... 1% of her 1.3 million followers. I don't think she's going to be hurting that much. She's probably got those back by now as well. Um, the the influencers that um, that probably best describe the future of the influencer economy are influencers like um, Chloe Ting. So she's a Brunei-born Australian who's, uh, who's been documenting her personal fitness journey on YouTube. Uh, in January, she had 2 million views a week. Uh, by May, she's up to 50 million views a week. Uh, just an amazing, amazing story. And she, she really represents probably what the future of the, the influencer is. In a B2B sense, like influencers are really just thought leaders or what they, people used to call key opinion leaders. So B2B influencers, I think a lot of thought probably needs to go into what happens here. It's, it's a bit like having a, a celebrity hire in a way, or if you think about it in media terms, hiring a popular commentator. I suspect that brands are going to have to, at some point, start building up their internal influencers and accept the fact that sometimes those influencers are going to leave and go to other you know companies competitors for instance and so they're going to they're going to a command a higher price in the market because they carry their own audience with them but that audience can be a powerful thing and it can really be effectively used on behalf of a brand so there's going to have to be a, an adjustment process as to as to how brands build up their internal influences manage that process uh, benefit from it um, and also deal with it when that internal influencer leaves and takes their audience with them. Finally, there's an influencer in China that I've, I'm, um, I've been watching a lot lately, or the, the, my wife and I have, um, really amazing. So her name is, um, forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, her name is Li Zhiqi. And uh, she's, uh, she works on a farm. It's a bit like um, a British program called The River Cottage where a chef 
moved to a farm and made a program just about how he was growing and cooking the food on the farm. And it, everyone learned about, you know, what farm life is like at the same time as, it, as, as seeing how to cook great food. Well, Li Zhi is, uh, is very similar. She, in her program, she lives with her grandparents on a farm in rural China. And she goes out and harvests the crops and then they use all the traditional methods to process the wheat and all of these different things. And then she cooks all these amazing dishes for her grandparents. And they even do things like dyeing, um, you know, dyeing fabric with calico. Uh, to give you an idea of, uh, of her influence, um, the show is, is, is very professionally produced now. Um, but originally, she just followed herself around doing these tasks and chores on the on the farm. Her last post was on the 20th of May. It's now the 21st of May, and she's had 5 million views already. The whole show is done without dialogue. It's, it's kind of like meditation. Really interesting to see how this whole thing is going to develop. Next up, we've got our usual segment with our editorial content director, David Austin. So just a bit of background. The, the concept is Adobe had this contest for um, college students to make a poster, a movie poster, and then the winner, that poster would be turned in retroactively into a a film. And this particular one is directed by Zach Graff, stars Alicia Silverstone, and it's about what would influencers be like, today's Instagram influencer transposed into the 1800s. And scripted content director and Singapore's most famous Russian comedian, Artrak Matsyanov. I think I've been, I personally have been always kind of like very suspicious and I don't really like the, the, the word influencer, uh, maybe because I don't like to be influenced. <laughs> it's just uh, too much propaganda in my life and in, in my backstory, right? Well, we're going to be talking about a little bit about influencers again, get their opinions on that and looking at the week's new releases in branded content, some great stuff coming up. And we're back. This is the content show, and I'm uh, I'm Simon Carney, and I'm here with David Austin, our editorial content director, and Arturak Metsyanov, our scripted content director, and Singapore's most famous Russian comedian, um, to talk about well, talk about content marketing news of the week and our branded content picks of the week. And we're going to start with influencers. What do you guys think? Horrible. Hate them. No one can influence me. I, I've heard Stalin was a big influencer in his yeah. book. Yeah. You know what's his favorite marketing technique? Fear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, he did have a lot of followers, you know. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Not many likes, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have this viewpoint that um, all this, all these recent stories about the demise of influencers um, Really, I think it's wishful thinking on the part of traditional media. Certainly, you know, your travel influencers can't do much at the moment, poor darlings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, you know, the, 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 the growth of sort of the personal brand and that, and that brand activating an audience, um, you know, which by nature became influencers, mm-hmm. is, uh, has still got a long way to run. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you um, I, that it was definitely a knee-jerk reaction all these stories that came out that the influencer is dead. It was really just, that was just a short term reaction to of course the drop in tourism, uh, you know, drop in access to all these glorified photo backdrops. And then of course there were some scandals and there, there was some examples of uh, bad conduct um, amongst influencers, but that's, you know, that was a small part of the industry. And 
I think it's just had to readjust a little bit. Um, but the trends are still there. The trends that people trust normal people uh, more to, you know, to, to get their information from that hasn't changed. You know, the younger generation still appreciates it more. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's just readjusting. And of course we have a really excellent blog on this piece on our website right now, uh, going into a lot more detail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what I find interesting is like, you know, how an individual brand can actually, um, sorry, an individual individual influencer could have a, a stronger personal brand than say a you know a, a multinational company that spends millions of dollars developing mm-hmm. its brand mm-hmm. yeah it's just that they uh they have to act with integrity to keep that that brand um image going yeah and yeah, I, it just takes maybe like one little slip up and they can lose all of that very quickly that's well, true, that's it, true. unless you're the president of the united states no let's not go there simon <laughs> <laughs> Said the proud American. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree that uh, I think like if the brand makes a mistake, if they post a stupid tweet, then they can just uh, apologize. Maybe they uh, get some uh, some bad bad press, but at the end of the day, they still kind of have all the business running and everything is still working. Uh, but if uh, an influencer who is basically a one man or one woman show. Essentially, that can just ruin, if not, but a major part of their business. So definitely integrity and just keeping this trust. And um, I think I've been, I personally have been always kind of like very suspicious and I don't really like the the, the word influencer, uh, maybe because I don't like to be influenced. <laughs> it's just uh, too much propaganda in my life in the, mm. and in my backstory, right? But um, I guess like when we're talking about B2B marketing, let's say everyone wants to be a thought leader, right? And basically in B2B marketing, Influencers mm-hmm. are essentially thought leaders, exactly, and uh, yeah. that's kind of like that's that that's will never go away because that's still always one of the top objectives for any company. You mm-hmm. want to be heard, and you want to be positioned as the guy who knows everything. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a good cool. point. Like the um the, the terminology is bad because you have I mean, and everyone adopts their own. So you know, thought leader is one is one person's influencer who's another person's key opinion leader or KOL, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is a term I particularly hate. Um, <laughs> but it, again, it's, it, you know, it's really uh, people who have a, have an audience who listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I did want to say, you know, click to view being in the B2B world, you know, we deal with uh, thought leaders, but uh, I'm curious if anyone has had experiences in the B2C world with the influencer uh, dealing with, you know, actually paid content to promote a product, you know, leave us a comment uh, in the in the comments. I'd love to hear people's experience of dealing with influencers on that on that level. Absolutely. And also press like with a thumbs up because, uh, you know, <laughs> we we're basically want to be influencers here at click to view and, yeah. um, you know, subscribe to our be. channel, um, you know, give us a thumbs up and mm-hmm. uh, tell all your friends. Yeah. Maybe you we'll become thought leaders. So even key opinion leaders, who knows? <laughs> That's right. I've I've got my um my self help book uh, in uh, in in readiness for publication right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an Amazon bestseller. Excellent. You have a title? <laughs> uh, no, sorry, <laughs> I've drawn a complete blank on that one. <laughs> we'll have to write one and and go back in and edit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There will be like editing. There will be uh, <laughs> half an hour later. <laughs> How not to um and ah? That's maybe, maybe that's it. All right. Um, all right, which guys, we've got a great list of um, uh, videos to go through this week, mm-hmm. um, starting with one of our own. 
Um, uh, we helped um, Prudential, which is an insurance uh, company in Singapore, um, turn their uh, their sustainability report, which I'm sure was gripping reading. I don't know, mm -hmm. Arthur, you, you probably read it, um, oh, yeah. into an interesting animated video. Um, so perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that, Arthur, as the uh, director of this particular um, video. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Prudential is one of our clients and uh, they made the inaugural, the very first uh, sustainability report because uh, that's part of the big vision and I think Prudential is trying to become some sort of wellness brand, not only insurance brands. And they, when they talk about sustainability, it's not only about the environment. Actually, they identified seven pillars which include like people, community efforts, etc., etc., partnerships with their suppliers. And uh, basically, yes, it was like a long, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 pages. I don't remember. It was so long time ago and I won't, uh, I won't remember. Uh, but the fact is that we basically had to choose the most interesting facts and basically make some sort of a teaser of each of these uh, categories. We introduced a couple of interesting uh, findings and then present them in acute animation ways. And then just in the end, invite interested people to follow and download it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that will work well. And that's, that's definitely one of the ways that you can basically uh, maximize your content because a lot of brands invest a lot of money into these reports, but they just sit on their websites and no one knows about them. So again, like you have to kind of utilize what you have, your all thought leadership and opinions and influence, you have to be repurposed. Yeah, and an animated explainer or an infographic is, um, is, is really a good way to, uh, to, you know, to share that information in an engaging way. I'm going to jump straight. I'm going to um, uh, skip you, David, on, on that one and jump straight into the Adobe um, brand. It's a brand film of the year. So I, I didn't know there was a brand film award, but it sounds great. We should enter it. Um, and, uh, but I tell you what, the, the standard is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. High. What do yeah. you think, David? I thought it was awesome, and uh, I think it really jives really well with our talk about influencers. So just a bit of background. The, the concept is Adobe had this contest for um, college students to make a poster, a movie poster, and then the winner, that poster would be turned in retroactively into a, a film. And this particular one is directed by Zach Braff, stars Alicia Silverstone, and it's about what would influencers be like. Today's Instagram influencer transposed into the 1800s so every all the all the text has to be written out by hand the photo has to be taken with an old-fashioned photo with flash powder and the uh developed uh the developed photo has to be flown by owl uh to be actually posted and uh, i just thought it was hilarious it's it's and super high production value i mean it really it looks like a feature film oh it was awesome yeah maybe it will become a feature film one day mm -hmm. yeah but, um, but it's a great, it's a, it's a great satire. It's a great satire, but at the mm -hmm. same time, again, like Adobe basically shows that they are the creative powerhouse. Yeah, 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 and all this, all the stuff that they uh, they do. There was a, also another one, Arthur, that you shared um, mm -hmm. about um, Siemens. This is another, I think, award winner or a runner up um, about an engineering student um, with a who created a, a better prosthetic foot. That was a lovely, lovely little film. Yeah, so the the brand the brand film awards in the U.S. Uh, they basically have multiple categories. So this Adobe film won kind of like the whole overall brand film, but in B two B category, uh, the Siemens uh, basically case study 
video uh, it won like a honorable mention and it's yes it's a it's a story about the military vet who was shot in uh, Afghanistan and he basically had to, he loves outdoors he's very active and he had a, a prosthetic limb but uh, it was too heavy and then uh, this uh, student basically partnered with Siemens and they created uh, the food that I think was like 30 or 40 percent lighter and basically allowed him to run and do more stuff So it's kind of nice where you feature the human story emotional story, but also feature the capabilities of the Technological conglomerates which Siemens is. Yeah, that's right. They had to shave 40 percent off the um, off the weight there mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, the next one is um, from the the meditation app um, headspace um, and when I was watching it, it kind of freaked me out because I've tried Headspace and there's that 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 sort of, um, you know, that British guy's voice is, is feeding out <laughs> at me. I was like, I instantly sort of went into the breathing mode and, uh, you know, sort of closed my eyes. And... So you were triggered, but in a good way. <laughs> Whereas it's, it, I find it weird listening to the English accent <laughs> in a meditation video. I just, <laughs> no offense to the English, the accent sounds really good in most cases, <laughs> except in the meditation video. Just <laughs> not sure. Did you hear like like sipping a beer in between the now you can breathe <laughs> 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 and relax? No, it's probably probably actually... sipping Dom Perignon at, uh, at what Headspace charges for their um their, their paid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Headspace uh, introduced this video is kind of like uh, the overall promise video, but also they mention a few things that uh, clearly are targeting the current COVID situation. That they provide free access to their guided meditation and uh, mm -hmm. mindful uh, workouts for uh, healthcare professionals and also unemployed people, those in need, because obviously it's a very stressful time for everyone. Uh, and I think everyone can uh, benefit from uh, taking care of their mind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and a very very nice animation style as well. Very cute. Well, that's what I liked about it. And I mean, yeah. Arthur, we're going to talk about this next week, but um, it's just really nice to see um, different styles of animation coming through in in some of these branded content pieces. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and especially if marketers are actually ready to maybe sometimes step outside their defined brand guidelines and be a bit more creative, that's for sure possible. And I think one of the next uh, picks that we were planning to talk about is. From Sprout. That's a good point. Um, this this one by Sprout, uh, really cool stop motion. But it um, it did peer, put the fear of God into me in terms of my uh, my uh, own kids' screen time. Um, tell us tell us about it, Arthur. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great example of how you can turn interesting findings from the report, similar to what we did with Prudential. And uh, this animation uses a hybrid uh, hybrid of styles, where you have uh, stop motion with illustrations, with a 2D animation and design. And it talks about how parents uh, and kids are dealing with technology. And what I liked about it, that it kind of tries to cover both positives and negative sides, not only about, uh, oh no, they're spending all the time there, but also kids are actually learning some stuff. And I guess, again, the final message is, um, it's all about the balance. Yep. And yeah, very creative visuals. And um, uh, yeah, again, it's another example of taking just facts and figures and, and presenting them in a really, really enjoyable way. Yeah, it's, it's just something nice about that, right? Mm -hmm. When it's done well. Yep. And then finally, um, we've, got a, we've got a video by PayPal, which, um, 
we uh, stupidly left the link off in our newsletter. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, bad proofreading by David and myself. Um, I actually did notice the link wasn't there, but I figured somebody would pick it up. I should. Oh assume. no. Yeah. So oh. Bad, bad me. My bad in particular. Lesson learned. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Never uh, trust anyone. Never <laughs> trust anyone, especially the boss. <laughs> um, and so, Arthur, maybe you can tell us tell us what's in this video because I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I will tell you because I found it and I watched it. And I'm sure we did it on purpose. I'm sure we did it on purpose. We just, we just, we just wanted to check if anyone reads our new newsletter. Yes. And uh, I hope that we'll receive dozens of angry emails from the clients. So I wanted to see that link. Mm -hmm. uh, we will tell you what is it. It's a case study video about uh, how Google Cloud, being a safe, secure, and super scalable cloud solution, supports uh, the financial services company PayPal in their bright vision of uh, hitting 1 billion daily customers and uh, basically supporting and helping to for, for the unbanked, to bank the unbanked and serve the underserved uh, with their um, financial product. So uh, it's a nice, nice vision. Um, two passionate uh, executives talking about how they support people and businesses. Mm -hmm. This is really important, uh, bringing people into the formal economy um, it's, it's important for raising people out of poverty. It's been going on for a while too. I remember, um, you know, it's probably 10 years ago, you could, um, in, in Africa, it was quite popular, M-Pisa, with, um, just with, with you know, um, pre-smartphone, SMS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's quite interesting that those mobile payment solutions actually tend to get the much higher adoption in those uh, emerging third, third world countries. Uh, because everyone would think like, oh, yeah, this this country is well de developed. They have smartphones. Probably they have mobile payments everywhere. Uh, but then it's not true, right? Mm -hmm. And for example, like Japan, if we, we know that it's super high-tech country, but they're so conservative in terms of cash and so many places, you can't even pay with a card. Uh, mm -hmm. But then, yes, like somewhere in Bangladesh or uh, Kenya, uh, they're quite active in using uh, mobile payments for everyday necessities yeah. I think that there's a resistance to change maybe in, in uh, developed markets I know I was um, doing an interview for visa um, the other day uh, with a with a news agent in Australia and he's saying that it's taken something like coronavirus to make a lot of older people start using contactless payments mm -hmm. over cash um, and he's seen quite a big spike in that in that area over the last two months mm. yep radio Thanks right. very much, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Stay safe. Stay sane. Use Headspace. Meditate. Breathe. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. And thank you for watching. That's the content show for another week. Episode 11. Who'd have thought we'd make it?